Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are recording. So today is June 13, 2016, and we've got an hour together. So who first? Um, Bailey, the dog. All right. So, Bailey, please let me just call her in, get her attention. Okay, so I've got her here in your first question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she always chases Bella, my, my kitty, and she, she just doesn't leave her alone. I do not understand why. And okay. if she gets, if, if the cat gets on my bed... Uh, Bailey just paces around the bed until the cat gets off. Okay, so let's stop there. So let's look at that. So first question, so Bailey, why do you chase Bella as a generality on a daily basis, regular basis? Right, Um, right. She tells me that she feels that the cat is different than your other kitty, Maggie, in the sense that because Bella is more interested in her outer world, more active, more here and there and kind of, you know, interested in walking the halls, walking the rooms. It's funny. True. Bailey looks at Maggie as more of a sedentary kind of being. Um, and because that Bella likes to move around, Bailey says, well, I like to move too. To ba- to ba- Bailey, excuse me, it's a game. She's enjoying herself. She's having fun. When I ask Bailey, so is this fun for Bella, she says, Bella tolerates me and puts up with me. I'm not harming her. My intention is not to hurt her. When I ask, so what's going on with the bed, if, if Bella jumps up, she's not supposed to be up there. When I ask, where did you get that idea from, Bailey, she says, not supposed to have cat fur up there. So Bailey is concerned about your respiratory system, Liz. And oh, really? And, and wants to make sure that cat hair from Bella, who has a mm-hmm. lot of, okay, because she's got a lot of fur, I realize you gave her a lion cut recently. I saw your Facebook picture. But because Bella ordinarily has a lot of fur and because she goes in and out, she can grab a lot of pollen, Bailey says, Uh from the outdoors and bring it in and Uh other stuff outdoors. So it feels like Bailey is concerned about your respiratory system. And so she's keeping Bella off the bed. Now, uh, let me ask you, Liz, does she also keep Maggie off the bed? Well, Maggie can get up there, and and Maggie kind of, you know, won't doesn't want Bailey near the bed or to try to get on the bed when she's up there. Okay, let me just. I ask. I, I don't understand, but I the uh, the thing is that in you know Maggie belonged to my sister who passed away like right. eight years ago, and uh, I think um, my. my my understanding to myself is that Maggie just thinks she still owns this house and that bed, and she she doesn't want Bailey on the bed. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and she'll sit on the edge there and kind of paw around. You know, sometimes uh, Bailey does get up there early morning or something, but usually uh, Maggie doesn't sleep there all night. She just gets up and meows and to see if I'll pet her. And then pretty much gets down because she's 14. Both cats are 14. But I think she's just missing my sister still. I, I just don't really know well, that Bailey, part of it. Bailey allows Maggie a lot more wiggle room to kind of do what Maggie yes, she does. Um, yes, she Bailey does. just gives her a lot more respect when I ask why more so respect than Bella because Bailey, Bailey says Maggie is our cat. Maggie is our girl. So Bailey has a full understanding that Maggie is supposed to be with you guys, is supposed to be present, and is you know, a very permanent fixture in the household. So it feels like she, she also tells me that um, Maggie tells her, leave me alone. So Bailey mm-hmm. back off when Maggie kind of puts her foot down. Now, Maggie is a very sweet individual, but for oh, whatever yeah. reason, Bailey does honor her small request of, you know, yes. move out of the way, this is my space now, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And Maggie doesn't have to put up a big fuss to get Bailey to do what she asks. There, there's Very a really true. polite sort of exchange between Bailey and Maggie. Um, Bella, though, is different. Bailey sees Bella different. And that's 
might be something we want to discuss today. Um, so, Bailey, what's your relationship with Bella? Um, Bella is an interloper, one who mom took in to be nice is how yes. Bailey sees it. Um, Bella, she's, Bailey also says that Bella likes to explore. She, you know, doesn't want to just settle down, which settling right. down according to Bailey is, you know, being a couch potato animal in the house. Um, mm-hmm. Bailey says Bella wants to be dog-like, and there's only one dog in the family, me. When I asked how can Bella be dog-like, she's a cat. She says, well, she likes to be here and there, and she likes affection, and she, she Bella is very outgoing, is how Bailey yes. presents it. And Maggie's more of the, the soft, reserved, quiet, you know, just kind of takes things life with ease, you know, easygoing kind of character. So there's no competition Bailey has to do with Maggie. But Bailey does okay. see Bella a little bit as dog-like and therefore two dogs in her idea of herself and Bella being like a dog, two dogs in the household. There's a little bit of very gentle, minor jealousy going on. Yes, Bailey. I, can, I figure that, yes. Um, in an wow. ideal world, Liz, because I want Bailey to hear your response to this question, how would you like Bailey to truly interact with Bella? I would just like her to treat Bella the same, pretty much the same that she does Maggie, you know, by just letting Ma- Maggie just walks by her, or you know, and there's no chasing, there's no nothing, you know, Be- uh, Bailey doesn't worry about it. If Bella comes down the stairs from the room upstairs where she sleeps, you know, and I keep a little hook on the door just big enough for her to get in and out, but that Bailey can't go in, you know what I mean, a hook and yep. an eye. Um, yep. Then when ba- when Bella comes downstairs, Bailey's all at attention. And, you know, you know, she wants to sort of lunge at her and stuff. But Bella runs off, and then it's a game. Then Bailey chases her, whereas Maggie never does that. Maggie never chases her. She says, well, if she, want, if she wants to sniff me or whatever, then that's okay. But Bella doesn't want to be sniffed and bothered, you know, and, and so that's the, the difference between the two cats. Gotcha. Well, Bella's perspective on Bailey's actions towards herself are such that she just gets annoyed with Bailey. Bella yep, she does. the dog to just leave her alone, um, to give her space to walk. Um, Bailey is like micromanaging Bella's movement. Wherever Bella wants oh, to move, geez. if Bailey yep. decides that, well, I've got... Oh, part of this is a habit, by the way. Bailey's stuck in a habit of she sees Bella and she, I see her instantly getting up and going and being a pest to Bella. Um, That's correct. Yeah, so Bailey... Do you hear your person say, in a nutshell, that she wants you to respect the space of Bella? She wants you to cease chasing her, cease, you know, getting in her her little bubble, because I see that Bailey can sometimes get in Bella's personal bubble around her body. Um, And would you feel that, Liz, that it's fair to ask that Bailey respect Bella in the same way she offers respect to Maggie? Yes. Okay. Bailey, that is your person's request. And heck, you know, Liz, on your own time, I would say out loud as a reminder, it's not just a request, Bailey, about the conversation we had today that you respect, Bella. It's, it's a rule. I'm now choosing as an owner, as your guardian, to implement the rule that you must leave Bella alone in the same way that you leave Maggie alone because this, you chasing Bella, isn't working for me anymore. It's not working for Bella, but it's not working for me as the owner, and I need to put my foot down. Now, what um, Bella tells me in response is she's concerned that you move slow, and so your ability to separate the two animals is pretty, you know, um, slow. In the, you know, true. I mean, the animals can move faster than you is Bella's perspective of it. Um, Bella says that she does get on high places. These might be tables things of that sort at times. Right, yes. The resort of just getting, you know, the pesky dog, Bailey, away. You know, Bella actually does not have negativity nor animosity towards Bailey. She actually thinks Bailey's a swell dog. It's just that she drives, Bailey drives her crazy. That's Um, 100% correct, yep. Yeah, so Bailey, this habit, what is this habit? I mean, it's habit now. What's this stemming from? The fact that I can do it and get away from it, get, get away with it. Why do you get away with it? She says, because mom doesn't always notice. 
or mom's in a separate room, or mom's not home. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Bailey is able to follow through with the walking behind Bella as Bella walks from point A to point B in your house simply because she feels you're unable or incapable of stopping her at certain times when you're not present in the vicinity. So she's getting away with it. Yes, she is. Now, Bailey also shows me herself following Bella but panting while doing it. (laughs) Well, let me ask her. Bailey, why are you panting while doing it? She says, well, I'm a bit anxious when I'm walking behind Bella. And, and to her, she calls that chasing. Um, uh-huh. When I ask, why are you anxious? The anxiety is not nervousness, per se. It's more like when somebody's got bottled up energy and they need to do something with it. It's interesting. Bailey may be 11 years old and, you know, a larger sized dog. So one might think she would be, um, you know, low energy, but I don't feel that in her. I feel she has... No, she's, she's pretty frisky, yes, she is. Okay, I feel spikes of energy throughout the day. Now, she has downtime where she takes deep naps, which is awesome and necessary for her body, but she also has quite a bit of energy for an 11-year-old, and it feels like she's utilizing some of that energy by kind of this, um, how do I call it, getting it out of her system by that, walking yeah, behind Bella, which she called it. That could be, yep, that mm-hmm. could be. So when I ask so Bella or Bailey, excuse me, do you need more exercise doing things that have nothing to do with Bella because you're resorting to Bella because she's available, but it's still not kind nor fair what you're doing, and it's upsetting your person and driving poor Bella bonkers. Um, Bailey says, well, what else do I have to do with myself? I'm in the house quite a bit. How often, Liz, do you get a chance to take Bailey for some sort of outing where she can walk around? Outdoors. Well, I generally take her, I've been taking her to the my place at the lake, which is about 26 miles away, and then she's born free there, does not have to wear the invisible fence collar or anything because she stays right with me. So she gets much exercise there and goes swimming every time I go up, and she doesn't really go out and swim around the doggy paddle. She just goes in the water and chases a stick or whatever, you know. And she doesn't, she's not confined, and I think she kind of likes that. But she never runs off on me. See, I've had her two years as a, as a rescue dog and that I rescued, I mean, you know. And she's, she's here at the house at, in Corning. She has the invisible fence, so she can't run off because I'm so afraid that she would get picked up by the dog catcher. See, and all that kind of stuff. And nobody can let their dogs run loose here. But I don't do that much walking of her because of two two knee surgeries and a bad back. So I sometimes take her downtown to a park that's all on the flat. But there's 900 people there with their dogs, too. So it's Sniff City and Piddle City and all that kind of stuff when she meets other dogs. And sometimes it's not really wise for us to do that either so people will pull their dogs away and i'll kind of pull her away because we don't want any growling and you know trying to start a fight or anything which i don't think bailey would do but others might okay so no so so that's that's good information so know that bailey's kind of stuck in a habit because she's like a little child whose owners whose parents don't take the child out very much and the child is kind of housebound as a result and so they look around for other outlets to get their energy out on and sometimes the outlets choose are not appropriate and yet it's the only thing the the child get in this case bailey gets fixated on she gets fixated on bella Okay. Yes, she she pretty much does. Yeah. Okay. So she just understand where the behavior is coming from. Okay. Yeah. So in this I, case, I when I ask her the solution to the behavior. Bailey says, "I really want to get outside my yard." She tells me your yard to her feels very small, very tiny. It is very small. Yes. Okay. Um, so you know what? When I ask her, so walking with your person, your person's body can't always handle that maybe as frequently as you would like. Are there other outlets that she can offer? She's cool if you, she is very attached to you, by the way. Bailey is very yes. attached to you, Liz. She's um, my love girl, like if yep. you were to, oh, I don't know if you have a cart. Do you, do you by chance, Liz, have one of those little, you know, carts that, you know, sometimes people sit in and they, they go around the neighborhood? Do you have one of those scooter carts? 
No, I don't have one. Oh, okay. I was going to say I have some clients in that situation who it wears them out that way, um, wears their dog out oh. that way. Um, oh, really? But if you don't have that, Bailey, would you be open if she got a friend or a family or a trusted teenager on the street to walk you and get your energy out? She's very attached to you. She's kind of resistant to the idea of being separated, you know, like you giving the leash yeah. to somebody else to have them walk her around yeah. the that, really, that. what I have to do when I do take her out is I have to take off her invisible fence collar and put on her regular collar because even if I drive over the line, which is across my driveway, if she has the invisible fence collar on, she will get the shock. So I don't want to scare her that way. Well, I mean, I just won't, you know, and that's what they recommended. I oh, do sure. you know, always take it off if you take her out in the car. So right, we right. do, and then if I, when I take that collar off, boy, she races around here and knows she's going to do something different because she, I guess, as you say, won't be confined to this little small area where she can go out. She can go all the way around the house and stuff like that, out to the back and run that way. And uh, But, you know, sometimes the neighbor brings their two little dogs down. Well, they're about the same size as, Bailey and uh, they those two dogs you know run around like maniacs well Bailey can do that but not you know she gets too close to the fence then she gets the warning so she does run with them some and she kind of likes it when they come down and there's some growling because they're both females and she's female but you know if if they get too close to me either of them then she's not too happy about that either Okay. And, like, I have treats outside, you know, when we're, they're playing like that, so I can give each, all three of them a treat when they've been good and stuff like that. And if okay. they get close to me to get the treat, even though their mother is there, um, okay. Bailey doesn't like that either. So my sense is what would help the situation is, you know, there's that phrase, a tired dog is a good dog. And yes. That's such dogs have gotten their energy out, and they don't have to look for outlets you know, in the house, in this case, Bella as the outlet. So um, where and when you can, I would do your best to have Bailey have some sort of outing, whether it's with you or a trusted friend she is willing to go with, or, you know, whether you can arrange a play date more regularly, you know, with the dogs down the street. Something where basically every day Bailey gets to kind of wear herself out for a good 20 minutes or so, because it feels like when she does that, um, after a good um, and for her, 20 minutes isn't all 20 minutes of running because she is an older girl. But a good 20 yeah. minutes of romp and play and excitement, uh, fun for That's her, right. That's tells she me wears her out, and then she sleeps, she gets home, she walks around for a bit, and then she lays down and sleeps, I want to say, for an hour, maybe an hour and a half or so. And then mm-hmm. I, her interest in Bella is kind of looser. It's kind of relaxed. It's like, I see Bella, but I just had a romp and a play and a good nap, and I kind of really don't need to follow her around the house until that evening comes around, after her energy has kind of, you know, rebalanced and (laughs) got more energy. So it does feel like you can use that to your advantage, Liz, but sure, that's going to create, that's going to need you to step up to the plate and start making some new patterns, changes, or actions to take place so that Bailey can get out. I could do that and take her for at least a half-hour walk, you know, before my back starts hurting really bad. And that that would be to take her in the car down to the park downtown Corning here. And we we would walk there because if I walk on the hills where I live on the hill, then my back uh, tires out a lot faster or it just starts aching, you know. That's great, yeah. and I would have I'm a back. Do, I used to do too. that, and uh, but I haven't done it as much as of late. But now I've lost a little weight. I mean, all this is going along with everything else, you know, and so I don't feel quite as bad walking a little bit longer. So. Okay, and I would have a backup plan in place with backup people who, you know, you can give a ring and say, hey, you know, would you mind walking Bailey later today or maybe, you know, tomorrow? Or, you know, I would have people who, you know, you trust. And you should be uh-huh. willing to walk with and enjoy the walk, you know, in place. If you've got family, friends, or maybe call the local shelter and say, hey, do you have any trustworthy volunteers that, you know, would be willing to walk my dog for, you can do free or for low cost or something like that. But, you know, yeah, even if they did it a few times a week and you did it the other days, as long as something was done every 24 hours, 
It feels yeah. like Bailey will be so satisfied. She'll love it, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah, she, well, she will, and um, she's kind of nervous about walking with anybody else, too. But the girl that I got her from, who was a foster, you know, the foster caretaker, when they, when they leave their home situation, which hers wasn't too good, they go uh-huh. to a foster. And this foster gal, her name is Grace, is a very good friend of mine anyways, she has five dogs and five cats, et cetera. And so uh, Bailey was there, and I said to her, I think I would like to adopt a Bailey. And she says, well, then fill out the forms online, which I did, and I got her. So anyways, once in a while we go to visit her. Okay. Uh, and she can run around the house with their dogs. But then this is what happens when I take her anyplace. She'll piddle and poop in the house. Okay. Do you, do you have and her did, run outside and get her excitement? A lot of times excitement well, energy for a dog that's not usually, you know, they go to the dog park or they go someplace. It's, it's crazy. The excitement energy often causes elimination to kick right yeah. in in 10 minutes well, or less. They, they don't have a big yard. Grace doesn't have a big yard. She has a yard where they can go out and pill and poop it, you know, when she's at home. But she'll take them for a long walk early morning before she goes to work, you see. And so... They're all pretty happy campers then, but I don't do that with Bailey, you see. Maybe I should get up early morning and take her for a walk early before everybody and their dogs are out in that park. You could do that. About that. Yeah. yeah. I think what but, you'll find if you do that, it starts the day out right for Bailey. And, uh-huh. I mean, I know for my dogs, I have a little chihuahua who's not even hyper or high energy, but like Bailey, she can be a little bit pesky, not to one of the cats in the house. She's great with them. But a little bit to me, she becomes a little needy, and it drives me bananas. So what I do those days when I start to see it's getting worse and worse, I take her for a good 20, 30-minute walk in the morning. And let me tell you, it sets the tone for the rest of the 24 hours, the rest of the day. She's yeah. not needy. She's not being a pest. And I find it has a nice after effect of about two days before it starts up again. So, yeah. you know, Bailey's a different dog in a different situation, but it's the same general idea. Set her up for success from the beginning, and, yes, you've got to help her with this because she can't help herself. But, you know, that's a great idea, driving her to people's houses, friends and family. Think about friends and family who have big yards, you know, whether they have a dog or not. If it's a yeah. yard that's big, it's still a place that's different and therefore exciting to her. Yeah. I could, And I'll tell you of another case. I took her to to see a friend that lives, you know, close by here. It used to be my neighbor, but she is a golden retriever and had brought the dog to the lake a lot of times. And then Bailey and Emma would run around and swim and chase the Frisbees and the tennis balls and the rocks and whatever. And so I thought, well, my my girlfriend said, bring her up to the apartment, you know, but she she always walked Emma. She never had, she doesn't have a big yard because she lives in this small apartment. So I took Bailey in there and she sniffed around and she was with Emma and they, you know, sniffed around and did their things and stuff. Then all of a sudden she goes over in the middle of the living room and pees inside. Excitement energy, when I ask Bailey, do you remember that event? You peed in the person's apartment with Emma the dog where Emma lives. She says, well, I had to go. And she had a full bladder at that point that feels like it but wasn't. But she had gone. She had done a few squats outside before I I came in to, to see uh, Emma, but it must be. There was still just, there, still urine there in there. There was some left she, there. Yeah, she when, piddles, when we go on a walk down there at that park, she piddles, you know, like boy dogs always are piddling here and there and everywhere. And, and she just does that, too. You know, she'll piddle here and we'll go 10 more feet. She'll sniff, piddle there. And I don't know how she has enough insider to do it, but she always seems to squat, That's you know. So the, sometime there's a little urine there still, but she, she's well, what uh, I an idea. I mean, if this helps at all, Liz, so when I do fosters, sometimes I get male or female dogs that are not potty trained or they're only sometimes potty trained. So what I'll do is I've gone to Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com, and I've actually ordered a custom-made doggy diaper. They make them from females as well as the male dogs. Um, For the females, the nice thing is when I go to somebody's house, like if I'm taking that female foster dog to visit somebody in their home to see if it's a potential match and they want to adopt, 
I will put on the diaper on the female dog knowing that, you know what, they're not in my house anymore. They might have an accident because of excitement and new people and all that. So I'll put the diaper on. And, and usually what I find is if the dog urinates in the diaper once or twice, they discover they don't like the feeling of the sensation of wetness that's up against their skin. That's and as a result, the next time the clean diaper goes on, dry, of course, they'll be like, oh, I remember this thing. I'm going to hold my urine in in the house. Yeah. I because I don't want to wet myself. So it's yeah. kind of a reminder for them. Um, and yeah. they're made really soft and comfy and all that. And you could use it just when you're visiting inside the homes of other people. Now, it doesn't help with the poop, obviously, but with the pee, no. it would. No. I don't know why she put, does that pooping at Grace's, but she always has. Because she'll run upstairs sometimes. Well, I can't really run up the stairs myself, but Grace says, oh, she probably just went up there to poop. Well, she she just... So accustomed to these kind of things happening with all the foster dogs that okay. she does get, you know, through the years that that she just cleans it up, you know. But I mean, I, I, if somebody said to me, a friend of mine has a Westie, and she says, "Want why don't you bring Bailey over to see?" I can't remember its name, but this dog. And I said, "Cause I'm afraid she'll pee on your carpet." So I had yeah. taken her so, over um, there. The, the the diaper would help in that situation. Or another idea of things I've done and clients have done, you could keep bailing on a long leash while she's in, you know, in the person's house visiting. And yeah, you never thought of that. You could make sure that you watch her body language. So, like, usually dogs will sniff at the ground, you know, seconds before they're about to squat or lift their leg. Yeah. So, her body language. She, she's so, about like, if she... That started to squat when we were in there, even if I had her on the leash, should I yell at her? Yep, and then that would probably startle her, and then immediately take her outside and praise her yes, and thank that's her. that's what I would do, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I know that time I took her over to see Emma, that just from walking from her, you know, by, by you know, where we were parked into her house, she, she squatted two or three different times. But it's the sniffing and seeing, getting the scent, and there was geese around there because it's an apartment complex that they have a pond, and so there's geese. And and she uh, sniffed that kind of, you know, poop and stuff from geese and whatever. And, and so she was all interested in piddling out there, so I thought, gee, she's done. But then, you know, after we were in probably 15, 20 minutes is when she just squatted and piddled again. Yeah, I and hear just, you. You know, so I, yeah. I just, you know, but I'll try. I might see if I can get some of those diapers at Petco. Can you get them like at Petco or PetSmart? Or? Um, I've seen the disposable kind there, and I've never tried them personally. Um, I've only ordered the custom, you know, measured for that particular dog on Etsy.com. Yeah. But you could certainly try those, and if you don't like them, then order one that's more custom-made for her. And the nice thing is the custom-made ones are made out of a soft fabric. You can launder them right in the washing machine and then let them air dry. Oh, really? Didn't those know ones they, are, oh, yeah. I thought those they were probably are, like what you put on kids. Right, you know, right. I mean, you know, that, that you just throw away after you're done with them. Right, yeah. Those, if you want disposable ones, yeah, PetSmart or Petco will have those. I've never tried those. Um, the, the ones that are custom-made, you would use a female feminine pad to put in there. And she's a large dog, so, I mean, you would want yep. the large size, you know, that, you know, the heavy yep. flow type of thing. Yep. But, yeah, those you, of course, whip rub out and throw away, but the rest... Oh, you so know, you rest have the diaper made, and then, and then you have the... It's your place where you insert the pad. Right, right. The pad is sticky on the back because, you know, we're humans, right? Yes, okay, it okay. It sticks the inside of the female dog diaper. Yeah, by damn. Yep. Well, I could check about that, too. I don't take her too many places to visit, you know, but, I mean, I haven't even, you know, considered it since she did that up at Emma's house and... Yeah, now let me ask why, from excitement, just out of curiosity, Sibeli, why have you peed and pooed in other people's homes? You know, I understand the excitement, but are there any other reasons I'm missing? She says, well, when I'm inside the house, I don't know where the door is to go outside. I don't remember. I don't know how to ask, and there's a lot going on. Why just go and take care of the business myself? Um, so when she's indoors, it's kind of like a kid who's like, oh, my gosh, I'm in somebody else's house, and I'm excited, and, oh, I really got to go now, and, oh, I don't know where to go, so I guess I'll go right here. 
I see. So it's not oh, like doing it not doing it for territorialism, which some dogs will do it for that's that. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was wondering about. And well, you know, like sure. Emma didn't care that she did that even, you know, in her in her own house, but you know, I cared and we kind of Donna and I cleaned it up and all that, but then we laughed because I didn't want her to do it again. Right. Now, with your home, she tells me she doesn't make those mistakes because nope. the routine, there's an expectation you have that, you know, she's just to go outside when it's time for her to do her business, and I see that she follows through in that expectation. But, see, she knows the routine. She knows the pattern Very of you know, everyday yeah. life. And so her body is a bit on a timetable of, you know, at this hour, I generally have to eliminate. At this hour, later in the day, I generally have to eliminate. But see, the moment you add excitement energy in, that pattern of, you know, peeing and pooing at 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. kind of gets a little bit off kilter because you're introducing gotcha. excitement. Gotcha. So it's another wow. fact, too. Yeah. I never. These things never enter into my mind for some reason, but... That's interesting, interesting. Yep. So just know you offer her excitement in somebody's house or in, out in their yard. Just know her, her bowels may be a bit off. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that, yes. Well, I mean, ours do too sometimes. Yes, they do. Yeah, when we go into fear or kids, you know, I used to be a science teacher. Kids would sit down and we'd have a test that day. I can't tell you the trend of how many kids always had to go to the bathroom before the test, and that's because fight and flight would kick in. Their adrenaline, their excitement, their nervousness, whatever it was they were experiencing would kick in. Animals have adrenaline rushes too when excitement kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And this part now, now then one other thing, you know, that I had for her, when when Emma was over to the to my place at the lake, you know, several, you know, quite a lot of different times, she came over with Donna, and then eventually Bailey becomes very dominant. Okay, like she kind of sort of wants to run along the side of of uh, Emma and just kind of push her, you know, like rounding her up almost. Like I mean, she okay. doesn't try to jump her or anything like that. But she just wants to be dominant, and I don't understand that. When when you know Emma's done nothing to to even ask for her to be to be dominant on her or anything. All right, so good. Let's talk about that. So what Bailey shows yeah. me is when she first sees Emma, super excited, wants to play and be playful in in on the shore. You know, we're a little bit in the water, but a little bit on, exactly. the, on the shore as well. And then once Bailey starts getting pooped out and tired, Emma has more energy than Bailey. And so Bailey yes. feels like she's got to kind of micromanage Emma. Oh. So this is only going to, she's only going to start to do this behavior that you're, you're describing with Emma when she, as Bailey, starts to get a little petered out and tired. So at that point, you might want to leash Bailey when you start seeing that behavior to kind of head it off at the pass. Again, you're setting the dog up for success to not do that behavior. You see she's gotten her energy out. She's a little tired yep. now. So, Bailey, you know, I'm going to put you on the leash, and we're going to hang out right here, and we're going to let Emma do some running around. And then yeah. you can let Bailey off maybe five minutes later or something of the sort. And if she is doing that bully behavior towards Emma again, then put her back on the leash. So she starts yeah. to see that we can't get along, you know, we can't get away with it. Bailey gets away with a lot because she feels yes. you can't catch up with her. You can't catch her. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. So we need to kind of have that. And I just kind of yell at her, come here, Bailey, you know, and stuff. And sometimes I would just hold her by the collar when I'm sitting in my chair, too, you know, and then let her go. But then she just resumes pretty much where she left off. Right. So when you hold her by the collar, put the leash on her and say, hey, Bailey, we're taking a five-minute timeout so you can relax and kind of calm down. Because otherwise she, she can't seem to, it's also like fixated on Emma, habit on Emma. It's like the same thing with Emma that she does with Bella. <laughs> it's um, almost right. like she barely yeah. can't help herself. So you need to help her by stopping her. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm just tell her we're not going to do that. You're going to rest beside for me for five, ten minutes, and then I'll let you off leash and see if you can handle yourself. And if you can't, we're going to go home. It's, it's being matter of fact. It's not being mean. It's Kind of, you know, by the yeah. time she's doing that behavior, she's kind of done anyway with the activity. Yep. Yep. 
Yep. Now, she likes Emma, and let me tell you, Emma, through Bailey, is such a good dog, such a good sport. Emma doesn't take it personal. Um, I don't see any backlash. Emma just feels like a ray of sunshine, a happy-go-lucky dog, even when Bailey she does. Always, yeah, she always was. She had to be put down this winter, but she's oh, she okay. was the friendliest, you know, most, you know, just and very active and, and loved me because I used to babysit for her when she was a puppy when she was my neighbor and stuff, but then when they had to move, you know, like five miles away, I didn't babysit her anymore, but somebody else did. But she was always just Miss Exuberance, you know, and uh, (laughs) she she just kind of, you know, wanted uh, uh, Bailey to stop, but she didn't care. She ran on and on, and Bailey's running beside her trying to make her stop, and she didn't, but, you know. Yep, that's, the, that's, that's what it was about. Way. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That. Yes. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. We're at 37 minutes. So, what more for Bailey or the cat? I don't have too much more for Bailey. Um, see, Bella, we've we've covered a lot of. Let me see. Let me see. My sister's. Oh, when I first came into, I, I when my sister died, she left me her house. We lived next door to each other, but anyways, and I lived in the family home, and she built her house on my parents' property. When I came here to move in, I brought my two cats. I had a Siamese mix who has passed away, and then Bella. And if I let Bella run around the house or, or come down the stairs to go out, and I would pick her up when she came in or anything like that, Maggie attacked me. She stood on the floor and just took a flying leap and grabbed me on the side and or the back and she hated it that I picked up Bella. And okay. I, you know, so, I kind of freaked out myself at that, so that's when I started not even picking Bella up in Maggie's sight, you know what I mean? Okay. And okay. um she did it to me about three times and I learned my lesson pretty quick. All right, so let me ask Maggie then why she used to do that. Um, well, she saw Bella still as a foreigner as well at yeah. that time. She didn't quite, Bella wasn't quite integrated yet into the household. Um, when you right. would pick Bella up, Maggie says she would react that way out of jealousy and spite. There was anger as well within Maggie at that time. Now, at now present time, Maggie is totally fine with Bella being in the house. No problem. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. They both get on either arm of my chair now. Right. You know, if it, but that's only if Bailey is outside. Because Bella hears the door close after Bailey goes out, and then she'll come right. She'll come downstairs here, and she'll be all over being, wanting some <laughs> loving and stuff, you know, and getting the chair here, and so does Maggie, and they're fine. Uh huh. Yeah. It's so the really cat- interesting. I. I just thought uh, Maggie was so grieving for my sister, hoping that the next time the door opened, my sister would walk in. Well, let me ask where she is, where she was then, and where she is now with that. So, yeah. So, Maggie, where were you emotionally after your person, Liz's sister, passed away? Maggie originally was very confused about why she came to live with you. She understood that her person had to leave her body. That it was like um. I'm not sure if it was cancer or something that where her, her she couldn't stay. It's like her body was um, not able to keep her inside her yep. you know, soul couldn't be kept inside the body. So Maggie understood what was happening, but she didn't understand why she came specifically to you. But then she tells me after a couple weeks, she actually started to be friendly with you, reach out and bond with you. But it did take some time. Um, emotionally at that point, she was willing to let go of the bond that she had with your sister and to okay. basically allow you to be the substitute person to offer her nurturing, nourishment, and love. She was willing to receive you, in other words, emotionally into her heart two weeks after she came into your house. Present time, Maggie appreciates you with great, great deep gratitude Maggie doesn't like to make life hard for you. She wants to keep life easy. She tells me she's an easy cat to take care of. She's just so simple, um, not complex. She tells me that Bailey runs you through the rafters. When I ask what that means, Maggie tells me that Bailey sometimes frustrates you, um, has more energy than you, and you wish that she would just 
be more like Maggie, be more like couch potato, lay down and relax. Um, yeah. And Maggie feels that there are times you need to tell Bailey to go entertain herself. Yeah. That's, um, that could be the, that's the truth, I think. Yep, that's how Maggie sees it. Um, she says, no more cats for you, Mom. Um, so the fact that she's got you, well, herself, Bella, and Bailey, um, and her relationship towards Bailey is fine, but it also feels like Maggie creates a lot of space in her life to not have to get any closer to Bailey than is really necessary. It's not like yeah, Maggie... Yeah, she pretty much does, yeah. She she kind of, you know, sleeps upstairs or wherever. She has a bed she sleeps in downstairs. Um, most of the time after she's been on my bed when I'm awake at night, you know, she'll come back downstairs and sleep. And I just wonder if she's just thinking, well, pretty soon my, my mom will come through the door, meaning my sister, and it'll all be all right because she never stays on the bed all night. She never stays for a long period of time. She just gets up okay. there to see if I'm there, and she just and she does a lot of meowing all the time now. And I just think that it's got to be her age because both right. cats are so, fourteen. Um, she doesn't stay on the bed all night because she gets hot very quickly. So Maggie says, "I need to get down because I get very hot." Um, Maggie feels like she's a very healthy fourteen-year-old cat. So um, she's still got quite a bit of good temperature being created from her body inside out, which is great. Sometimes older cats, like older people, don't produce enough body heat and they're cold all the time, but that's not the case with Maggie. So she gets hot and she gets off the bed. When I ask why all the meowing, she says, I do that for me. So she's not doing it to get your attention or or to ask for food. Oh, really? Like she's doing it. Because it's like a human who is walking along, you know, a uh, trail in the forest. They're by themselves. Nobody's around for them to even want their attention, and they're just whistling to themselves for the pure enjoyment of it. Maggie gotcha. is just looking up at the ceiling or looking at the wall and meowing. I don't sense dementia in her head, nor do I sense her calling for your sister. Um, I don't get she's okay. seeing your sister very regularly on the other side, although your sister does visit your home. Now and then I don't get Maggie's really that hugely, you know, aware or looking for her. Maggie's actually quite peaceful with the fact that your sister is where she is and that you're in her life now. So the exchange of one human for another has fully taken place in a healthy, oh, beautiful way for Maggie. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Cause I... Maggie's quite content and happy with life. Yeah. Wow. That's... Now, Bella, let me just give her time to speak to you. Bella, anything... Um, Bella wishes she had more of your attention, but see, the dog is always by your side, she That's says. right. Now, um, like when we were talking here, now probably if Bailey was out, Bella would be sitting on the arm of this chair. Yeah, let me ask Bailey. Bailey, since Bella desires more TLC and affection for and with your person, would you be willing to be so graceful and respectful of that desire in Bella that you could lay by your person, and let Bella come in, too. She says, no, I'll chase Bella away. So um, what you might want to consider doing, Liz, is putting a leash on Bailey in those moments where you're doing lay down or reading time. If you're going to be sitting down for a long time in a chair and Bailey wants to lay by you, put a long leash on her so that you can step on that leash and stop her from doing that get up to chase Bella behavior if Bella wanted to enter the room. It's kind of like you've got to step into help Bailey shift and change. I don't get Bailey really wants to change this behavior. She walks, you know, if Bella was to walk in the room, she would get up to show Bella, well, I'm not going to let you stay. I'm going to give you a hassle. And Bella doesn't want to deal with the hassle. So you need to stop that before it gets put into motion. I mean, and that's going to take energy and work on your end. And I'm not sure if you really want to do that. Or what you could do, Liz, this is just me talking now as a suggestion is, you know, when, when Bailey's calming down, you know, calm down downstairs or whatever, just, you know, leave her with a chew bone or a toy or something and just go upstairs and go to Bella. Go spend time yeah. with Bella for five to ten minutes. That way you're making an effort to reach out to your kitty who so wants to have more physical interaction with you. Yes, she does because, you know, yes, yes, she does. Cause she very the, I had the two cats, but, I mean, one died soon after I came up here, but, Still, um, I think Bella missed him, too. He was a Siamese mix. His name was Walter Stanley. And he was about 19 when I had to have him put down. Now, do you mean he lived with with Maggie? You mean? Oh, well, uh, no, I I had him with Bella. But then 
Maggie never, when I moved in here to this house uh, with Bella and and Walter, Maggie never let Walter Stanley come downstairs. So he just didn't come downstairs. He stayed up in the bedroom. I have food and water and a litter box up there. And he could get in that crack in the door like I have it fixed, you know, like Bella could. But Bella always wanted to come down so she could go outdoors. But neither of the other cats ever were outside cats, you know. But Bella always was because the girl I got her from when she was two always had let her out. And I couldn't, I couldn't get her to stay in. She just meowed 24-7 until she could go out. Right, because Bella has Bella desires. She's Bella is a very social being. She likes to interact with well you, um, and has a company of Maggie. Quite honestly, Bella likes Maggie's company. Um, Bella says she's polite with Maggie as well. Bella's seeking of the great outdoors is to interact with her world. It's like sitting on the grass for Bella is being social with the environment. You know, sitting under. You're watching a bird. That's Bella being social with her environment. And, and that is so satisfying and nurturing. Bella has to have that, or she'll go crazy being inside the house as an indoor-only cat. Yeah, she would be. She would be. And I just was afraid maybe she'd start scratching the furniture or doing something if I never let her out, although I have this big cardboard thing that she scratches on a lot, even though she still goes outside. So, and Maggie never scratches it. It's funny, these cats and dogs are personality plus. Yes, they are. They are. are. And I love them so dearly. I don't want to, you know, get them mad at me or, you know, not to like me or something because I'll discipline them in some fashion that maybe they don't like, you know. Like, you know, but Bailey's pretty good about, She's pretty good about, you know, except the chasing of Bella, and I've never been able to get her to stop that. But yeah, because she's gotten away with it for so long, and now it feels like it's habit, and, you know, it's going to be hard for her to break it of her own accord. I mean, every now and then we have talks with animals like we're having today, and the animal suddenly changes their behavior overnight. So I wouldn't say that it's impossible, but it feels like it's so much ingrained habit that she's going to need help breaking that yeah. pattern, which is where you're going to need to step in on the things that really you really are kind of fed up with and you don't want her to do anymore. Yep, yep, yep. That's That could be. And, you know, like when I go to the lake, I just take uh, Bailey to the lake and, and the neighbor girl comes over and takes care of my kitties, which has gone on for, you know, ever since I had them just about. She mm-hmm. used to take care of Prue's kitties, too, when Prue was alive. But um, th- then Bailey goes to the lake and, boy, she's head, head of the everything she's the queen up there and she can do things she wants and she i don't think she misses the cats at all no but maybe she does she doesn't I don't know cats. she doesn't miss the cats bailey um is very much a she loves you so very deeply she's very tight with you in her relationship yes. Yes, her relationship is. with the cats she is a bit closer to maggie um yes, and a bit is. neutral towards bella Mm-hmm. Because yep. see, Maggie isn't competition for me with you, Bailey. Yes. So part yes, of it is true. Bailey just doesn't want anybody to kind of step in between her and your relationship, or her and your affection, or her and you doing things. And she will, she as Bailey will not want to hurt or injure or maim, you know, a cat for doing that. But she will make them feel very unwelcomed and do things that make them feel intimidated, like she's been doing with Bella, to walk them away from the scene, to walk them away from you. I guess you're right, because she knows Bella likes to get up with me, so... Yep. And, you know, if you talk to her, Bailey, out loud on your own time, which just looks like, I mean, she'll understand your spoken words, say, you know, Bailey, I get that you really want me all to yourself, and I love you too, but you know what? There's a part of me that also feels like my heart would just glow if Bella was more present in my life. But in order for that to happen, you've got to be willing to allow it. Okay. 
Gotcha. Which I, you know, and use whatever words feels true for you. You don't want to lie or fib. Animals can feel when we're doing that. So speak your truth, whatever, you know, however it sounds like. But let her know that, you know, and I'm going to tell her this right now, and this might be something you want to talk with her about further out loud in your own time as a reminder, but Bailey, you letting your guard down and letting Bella into your person's life would happen independent of your relationship with your person. Your person's not going to be any less to you in your relationship with her if you let Bella in. She could never, she as in Bella, could never step on your toes or your relationship with Liz because your relationship with Liz is so unique and so strong. So there really is no competition at all. It's two unique, separate relationships. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's right. It's funny. For an animal that sees competition as the only, you know, way to think, when we offer them the point of there really is no competition. It's a totally unique relationship that Bella and you, Liz, have with each other that it can't possibly step on the toes of hers, Bailey, relationship with you. If we help her to see from that point of view again and again, it might start to sink in for her. And here's the thing. In order for animals to change their behavior, it's just like with people, They've got to change their thoughts. They've got to change the way they think. And I can't wave a magic wand, as you know, and make Bailey think a different way, but we can offer her ideas like we're talking about now and like you can continue to talk with her about in the future out loud. Yes, yes. I certainly will work on that. Yes, Wither. I will. Talk to her just like you would another human. Talk that candid, that honest, that out loud. You don't have to do baby talk or think she doesn't understand it because you're talking using two complex words. Nope. Just trust that she understands everything you're saying out loud because when she tunes in and pays attention to the energy behind your words, she gets it. Now, yes, she and I think she really does understand what I say. Oh, yes, she does. I just think she's, gonna, she's being a little stubborn and, you know, well, I, I won't do it. You know, because mom's not going to spank me. I never would spank her or anything. I think she was hit by a man before she came to me, you know, before she came to the foster house. Because men that come here to, you know, the mailman or all that, the guy that comes for pest control and stuff, I talked to each of them that I had this dog now and I wanted to be around when they came so I could introduce her. And if they go right, if a man goes right towards her to pet her, she backs right off. Because she must well, have been hit by a man. She says they're strangers. When I ask, yep. is it what if a woman was to do the same thing as the man? There, it, it's it's uh, it, she doesn't back off so much with women. Yeah. So when but I ask, she does so with the men. Yeah. Um, it feels like there was a man who actually abandoned her in her past. And so she has a little bit of distrust. Like, men don't always follow through. It's her mindset. Um, when I asked, yeah. were you ever physically injured or purposely hurt, hit maybe, by a man, she shows me not oh. so much that, but she was chained up outdoors by a man. Ooh. And it feels oh. like man forced her from the indoors of a house to the outdoors, when I, and it feels like the man went back in um, to be with a woman, to hang out with a woman, um, and right. I see her feeling displaced and slighted, like, he just removed me, so I wasn't in the way. And that, yeah. to her, again, created distrust of men. So men haven't always been, in her eyes, very accommodating, allowing, or friendly to her. They yep, removed her from what she yep. wanted. Because her situation was that this, guy, this gal had a boyfriend that didn't like the dog and told her she had to get rid of it. There you go. So I bet you this guy would tie her out and stuff, and and the woman had to get rid of her, so that's why she gave her up to Tanner's Posse. That's exactly right, what there you, you said. Yep, Whoa. so I'm going to acknowledge for Bailey. I'm going to acknowledge for her why she behaves the way she does with male visitors. And I'm also going to point out that situation, Bailey, in your past, those experiences, they're mm-hmm. in the past. They no longer exist, just like the future okay. doesn't exist either. All that exists, Bailey, is right here, right now. The present moment is all there is because that's what's, that's what's tangible. That's what's touchable. So your person inviting these other men in is never going to do what that woman did 
and or allowed to be done Never. to the other men. So your person's a whole different person. If you'd be willing to not blame all men because of your experiences with one or two, that would open up your heart as an individual, Bailey, and help you to relax around these males coming to the home that are probably there to help out or be of service to your human. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Oh, this has been great. Good. This has been great. You've got four more minutes. Do you have any other questions for anybody? Otherwise, I'll just let them speak freely to you. Um, let me see. I don't think. Let me see. I don't think. No, I don't think I have anything more on any any of the three of them. Oh, right. I, I, the one thing about one time. When I went, I'd been to the lake for two weeks and wasn't home. And I, when I got home, Bella got on the bed with me upstairs when I went to bed. And Maggie then saw that she was up there, and she jumped up there and picked a fight. And you know, I mean, geez, I had to get out of bed pretty fast. She got, she knocked, kind of knocked, or either Bella fell off the bed, but then she went racing into the other room where you know where. Maggie could get in there, but Maggie didn't care about chasing her. She just wandered off the bed with me. She yeah, didn't wander Maggie on the bed with that me. That was about I wanted mom first to myself. Yep. yep. It was about yep. being first, and then Bella can be second. And after Maggie gets her love and attention and everything she desires time-wise, to the length of time she desires, then actually I see her allowing Bella to have you. Yeah, except Bella just won't come back then. Right. Well, I don't get that happens very often, but that that feels like it was the situation at that point. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, because she's not. You know, she'll she just won't come back unless Maggie wasn't physically in the house. I don't think Bella would never get up in the bed with me. You know, at night or anything because of Maggie. Is that still not happening? Maggie won't let Bella on the bed. Yep. Yep. Okay. Bella so, just doesn't uh, come um, anymore. She, Bella just doesn't come anymore. She she's usually in the other room. She I got a nice little kitty cat bed on one of the beds in there, and that's where she sleeps every night. And then so when I get up she, and come downstairs, let Bailey out. Why then Bella comes down, and the two of them, two cats, have their breakfast. So Maggie won't let Bella on the bed at night. She explains to me because she sees that it's her job to, well, give you comfort at night, to be near you, to be your buddy, your nighttime buddy, even though I see the two of you sleeping. Um, She doesn't want Bella on the bed because she doesn't want to share you. So here's an instance where, you know, Bailey doesn't always want to share you with with Bella, and Maggie doesn't always want to share you with Bella as well. But interesting, it has has to do around the bed. Now, I don't see it happening on the floor. Um, No, no. Yep, it's, it's just Maggie says my... My retreat is the bed. Maggie sees the bed as hers. Yep, she sleeps there during the day because yep. I go upstairs and she's right there on the bed. So You know, if you're not cool with that and you'd really love to have Bella have the opportunity, if she wanted to, to come up to, talk out loud now and in the days ahead with Maggie and say, hey, you know, I know you see it as your domain here on the bed, but that's not really so. This is my bed. I share it with you even though you tend to choose to stay on it day and night. But I also choose to allow Bella to come up here. And yeah. you don't have to say to push her down because it's my bed, not yours. You're mistaken that it's yours. Yep, I damn. No, I never said anything like that because I, I just don't want any more fights and anybody to get hurt, if you know what I mean, you know. Okay. But, uh, they both, both cats weigh about 11 pounds, so. They're okay. they're not uh, one's not huge over the other or anything, but Bella just sort of hangs it up and says, "Oh, okay, I'll go in the other room and sleep." Let me just so last question for Bella. Bella, how do you feel about not being able to sleep on the bed with your person at night? She says she's quite honestly used to it at this point. It's no yep, longer a big deal to her. She's comfortable in her own little. I don't know if this is a bed on a chair or what this is, but she's comfortable in her own bed, little. Yeah. Yep, so um, it's no longer an issue. So if you don't want to, you know, change things, it feels like both cats are actually quite content with their role. They seem to be, yeah, they seem to be. They seem to be. All right, well, we are at time, so I'm just going to thank them all. So thank you, Maggie. 
and thank you, Bella, and thank you, Bailey. <laughs> Very good. Yes, my baby. And thank you, Liz, for arranging well, with your animals. <laughs> yes, and thank you so much for, you know, straightening me out in a few areas here and giving good suggestions because I certainly will try them. Yeah, you are welcome. Definitely welcome. Yeah, your key to success for Bailey feels like exercise in some form, whether you do it yourself or get somebody to help you with it daily. Yep. See what you can we'll do. Work Maybe on make it. a list of all the different ways you can exercise her, and so that you know, on a given day, if it's raining and you can't walk her outside, maybe there's something else from that list you can do, like call up a friend. Hey, can I bring can I bring her over to play with your dog? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she may just like that. Yes. Oh, I think she would love that, and it would yeah. give greater peace in in the house because she's not going to be as attentive to Bella chasing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Liz. Well, just give me 24 hours to email you the recording. I've got lizpetsa.rr.com is your email. That's correct. Okay. Two Zs and L. You got it right when you sent me the other stuff, so. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. I do. All right. Awesome. Well, you have a great day. This was very enjoyable to meet your animals. You too. To work with you. Okay. Thanks so much (laughs) for You take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.